This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And this is Jacob Bratz with JLB Morelia, and you are listening to the Herpeticulture Podcast. What's going on, guys? This is Jacob Ross with JLB Morelia. This is Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And today we are joined by... Jake Minnie of Australian Reptile Park. Hey, guys. He's uh, here for episode 38. 38 of the Herpeticulture Podcast. We're doing good, man. How about you? Good, mate. Good, good. Excited. Yeah, this is definitely uh, this is a new one for us. Uh, Jake is our first, first. international guest uh, coming coming to us from Australia. Yeah, it's ten fifteen p.m. here, and it's like what noon over there, just after. Yeah, yeah, midday. Yeah. Dang, <laughs> that's Isn't crazy. That your mind? <laughs> He's in the future. <laughs> Friday there. Dang, that's nuts, man. That's crazy. Yeah, to you think guys about. got the the hard end of that deal. Oh yeah, whatever. I'm off the next four days, as it turns out. So the next four days, I got four days off. What? Don't ask me how it happened, but I got it. I'm off for the next three days, but oh well. And then I'm going to Raleigh tomorrow because anniversary weekend. Anniversary. Which is why I'm not going to Columbia. Yes, and I will be at Columbia Repticon at some point. I'm not sure. Probably. We'll see. Showing up at like four o'clock, man. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. But anyways, so Nido. Yes, real quick. Question. We don't have a Nido question for the week. No but question this week. We're just gonna keep it simple, because um, Jake's actually like at work, so we're gonna try and get him in and out, make it uh, surgically precise, but quick and painless. Thank you again to our sponsor, as always, <laughs> Fishhead Diagnostics. If you have any questions pertaining to Nido virus or any other infectious disease with exotic animals, please find their Facebook page and hit up Dr. Susan. They're the best guys. Don't hesitate. Send them a test. They've got websites. You can Can't buy hurt. a single test. You can buy like three kits. You can buy 10 kits. They got all kinds of options. They're, so. They are a very useful and a very vital tool to the <laughs> hobby. So utilize them. That's why they're there. Do it. Don't waste but this I think opportunity. They, she does more than just NIDO tests. Oh, yeah. No, sure there's, she does necropsies. They're, and they're, and Pia, both, both Dr. Susan and Pia are both just... Uh, Full of knowledge on all kinds of stuff, you know. Um, Full of how to share so, knowledge and not night Yeah, exactly. So. All right. <clears throat> anyways, so check them out. So, how's your day going over there so far, man? Yeah, good night. I, um, I literally just just finished a, a show just before coming on here. So you know, did a uh, did a bit of a snake show with a few few bits and pieces, and now I'm just hanging out actually in the back of our uh, Komodo building so basically what that should translate to is, is zero interruptions because no one else has got a <laughs> got a key I'm just out here all alone with the, with the lizards so uh, <laughs> that's so <laughs> badass I'm sorry <laughs> that, that's awesome just you know the key holder of the dragon yeah. Really yeah he's like I'm la- some, I'm actually uh, laying scratching at a door yeah, I'm I'm actually laying on one right now. Or he's, yeah, or we're just, just I'm sitting in the pen. <laughs> yeah, just walking around. Yeah, we're cool. We're buddies. It's whatever, you know. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. So, what are the are the snake shows kind of like? 
the the typical like this is what we have here this is what can kill you this is what can't you know what's the yeah more or less we we like to do a <clears throat> we do milking venom extraction here so we like to do a demonstration of that in every single show and then aside from that it'll just be a mix of, of venomous and and um, pythons as well so yeah we li- i like to mix it up a bit and and um use a use a bit of variety i try to change it up so yeah it's it's good it's good fun it's uh it's one of the the uh the best parts of the job for me at least yeah for That's sure cool. for sure and do you guys is it getting kind of is it winding down now that it's cooling off there or do you guys see a pretty steady flow of traffic throughout the year uh no it's it's yeah it's it's winding down for sure summer's our uh, our boom period where we get get the bulk of our visitation and then mm-hmm. yeah once once winter hits we're looking at some some pretty quiet days ahead so it's 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 a good time of year to sort of take a step back the reptile side of things is uh is a bit, a bit less hectic and and so is the the punter side of things gotcha. for sure so tell tell us a little bit about you know what what you do over there tell us about yourself and you know how you got in there let's start at how you got yeah how how all this came about and you know you know the whole you know the deal yeah for sure (laughs) so um yeah i guess for me it's it's not dissimilar to to most of us started very young probably three or four years old and and it all started with with crocs for me i was just just a little croc dinosaur obsessed kid and um, as I got older, it, it sort of progressed through the, the various taxa groups. And, and once I found snakes, that's when the obsession really kicked into gear. And yeah, I was you know a bit of a nerd to, to say the least. I had this little book that I used to carry around everywhere uh, called the, the Snake Dictionary. And, and uh, it just basically had a bunch of Latin names in it and a few photos. And I just used to get my mom and, and brothers and that to, to test me constantly. And, <laughs> you know, they hate, they, <laughs> that's awesome. They, uh, they hated, uh, they hated me for it, but, um, no, it was, it was good. And then as I progressed into, into high school, I, I started to, to begin keeping a little bit. And, and as I, I got a bit of, bit of independence, I guess I started a lot with, uh, stuff in the field, a lot of herpings. So I guess that's, that's how it sort of progressed. And, you know, I love keeping stuff in captivity, and I think it, from a, an observational perspective, it's it's fantastic. And, and particularly in terms of the breeding side of things, you know, you're not going to really get to witness things like that that frequently in the wild. So mm-hmm. um, I love that side of things. But for me, getting out there and and finding a species in the field is is where it's at. And um, you know, you just you just can get a real feel for for what the species is about, their habitat, what they're feeding on. Um, you know what what niche they're filling it's um yeah it's, it's a lot of fun as well you know above all else it's just great fun being out there most definitely dang man i don't do enough enough yeah. herbing jake's all about some road cruising <laughs> yeah I just, man i, I, I get out get, enough i get out whenever i can <laughs> i i love finding yeah. stuff I've, I've been i wouldn't say i've been all over but i've been to a lot of places you know just looking for snakes i've been to florida a couple of times i've herped in texas um yeah good stuff south carolina (laughs) you know it's uh it's fun i i I really i really enjoy getting out in the field you know for me it kind of it kind of when i do it now it kind of it's more so bringing me back to my roots because you know back before i even kept snakes i was catching them outside you know and then back when i was younger i only had one or two yeah exactly you know but and then i only had one or two snakes but i was still catching them all the time outside and you know 
now I don't now I have a lot more snakes in captivity, but I don't get to field herp as much. So whenever I get to do it, and you know, it's it's like for me, yeah, it's yeah. like the little seven year old. Yeah, comes exactly. Out. I feel like a woods, little kid. Like that little kid's still in there. Yeah, yeah. That little kid <laughs> com- comes right on out whenever I see a, a snake in the uh, in the field. It's, it's yeah, absolutely. I, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, these days I'm I'm fairly busy. I don't get to do as much of it as a, as I'd like, but I still try and make time at least to get a couple of couple of trips in per year and i mean i'm only i'm only young i just turned 23 but you know to this date i've uh i've seen a lot of the country and australia is a big place so i've still got got a lot to do uh, go as well so um yeah Yeah, it's it's exciting like what dictates where you go i mean i'm sure there's local spots to you there because you're in sydney correct yeah correct yeah i'm just just north of Sydney on the on the central coast, about an hour north. That's where the the park's located. But um, for me, yeah, I, I typically have a you know, species that I like and I, that I want to see and that I want to put time into to targeting, and that sort of dictates where where I'm headed next. So um, at the moment, there's there's a snake over in WA uh, called the Lake Cronin snake that I'm just desperate to find. I uh, had a bit of a crack last year, but didn't have any luck so um yeah i'll, I'll shorted to uh make that my uh, next one i'd say hmm. yeah because you've you've yeah, that's i've seen a, some so... you do some photography and i've seen a, a lot of the stuff you've 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 managed to come across and seen rough scales and a lot of uh knobtail geckos and a bunch of oddball yeah. elapids that Australia has that I honestly probably wouldn't recognize if you <laughs> told me. Except for like <laughs> bandy bandies are the only ones that really stick out to me. I know some yeah, of the they I, look like cow kings. Yeah, yeah. I, I know yeah. some. Uh, I know some of the uh, Australian elapids. Like I, I, I there's just it. the weird oddball I, stuff. I can name a few of them. Not the oddball stuff. Yeah, no. I know. Really... I know your common stuff. But uh, Jake, do you yeah. have a uh, like like a bucket list of, of species you want to find? Oh, for sure, yeah. So, I mean, so like, what's your what's your don't... what's your top three to five or, or something like that? You know, what's your uh, what's your bucket list species? Uh, top three for me in the next couple of years would probably be uh, that snake that I just mentioned. That's called uh, Paraplocephalus atriceps, Lake Cronin snake. Uh, then that that newly described taipan described about over 10 years ago now but there still hasn't been many specimens found uh, that's that's temporalis that western desert taipan really want to see those and then uh, probably after that kimberly rock monitor um, i just think those those things are, are stunning and i've i've seen a few captive specimens mm-hmm. and uh, i've seen the the tail of one disappearing very quickly when i was up in the kimberly last year but to get one of those uh, and, get, and get proper photos would be would be uh, fantastic that's cool yeah, because you uh, yeah. It, now I'm trying to think. You went and you found some rough scales. Oh, dude, you just Correct. say that, yeah. and that's just that just blows my mind. Yeah, finding yeah. where scales. where that, that's would, not the same region. I though, cannot as the tell rock you. monitors, right? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, Glauci are in are in pretty well the same habitat as as roughies. Oh my god. Gotcha. I just oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. Jake. I would do tell it. other tell it. tell American Jake how much they sell for over there. Uh, rough scale pythons, you can, you know, an expensive one would be $250. He told me that last night, man. Uh, I was like, are you kidding me? Because uh, <laughs> they're going for what? You can get a pair for like, what, five grand now? Dude, I don't think it's that high. I think they're pretty, like, no, I think, I think, I think singles are going for like 
12 to 12 to 17 ish mm-hmm. uh they mm-hmm. may be touching two grand but plus they... shipping yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> people do that uh, here i don't know about there man but people do that here that's like a two thousand dollar chondro yep. and they're like two thousand dollars plus, plus shipping, shipping. Like, like that just, extra 60 bucks is just a complete uh, deal yeah. breaker like if they don't get that then like, sorry i'm not on. shipping this thing out whatever it seems just... yeah we see that as well okay i'm glad it's not just <laughs> pretty pretty funny when they do <laughs> so what out of what's your favorite group of snakes to work with like what's your favorite favorite genus uh, it, it sounds weird, but probably uh, taipans. I'll just go for the you know, one of the uh, hey, the, that's, uh, that's the gnarliest out there. But that's not that's not in, weird. Uh, <laughs> in terms of um, just just the the overall look of the snake and, and how they behave, they're just they're just a, a step above from from most, and they're just a you know, very similar to how people describe king cobras, just an intelligent mm-hmm. thinking snake. And um, yeah, from from that perspective, probably yeah, coastal taipans are, are my favorite Australian snake. Um, but yeah, king cobras, um, we've got a couple of those here. They're they're incredible. Um, but overall, it's it's the elapid side of things, and I think that comes back to living in Australia. You know, if you're a herper here, that's that's pretty well what you're exposed to first and may not be the, the best order to do things but <laughs> yeah know, the first it, wild snake that that uh typically people find is a uh, a red-bellied black snake so right. that's your, your it, standard yeah it's kind of one of those things where you kind of it's you you have to learn those if you're going to be in the uh, reptile industry over there it's like well you gotta they're they're what you're going to see so it's what you got to start with you know uh work with uh, absolutely yeah work with what you're given you know and uh that's uh that's super cool though man I've, I've always like yeah. i've always like low-key wanted to work <laughs> with some lapids like that like taipans and red belly blacks i thought they were really i've always thought they were really cool and i really respect the animals but god that's just yeah that's a that's a gnarly snake man <laughs> dude like the whole oh, the man, entire sort of like thing with australia for me is that it's almost like compared to america and what we deal with here as far as animals and like the things you find in your backyard that can kill you. It's like an episode of the twilight zone over there, man. Like here we have copperheads, <laughs> which you get bit and it's like, yeah, you need to go to the hospital. You're probably not going to die, but then, you know, and people freak out and they got to call some, you know, someone to come and yeah, remove it. And it's like it's a big like, deal, but y'all find like, you know, brown snakes and you're just like grabbing by the tail and be like, yeah, just toss it over there. It's just a brown. Don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. You know, it's just a red belly. Whatever. You know, it's like it's just in, yeah. It's, in it's, saying that though, here at the park in our in our venom room, you know, we've got we've got taipans and and brown snakes and and tiger snakes, but you get a big angry western diamondback, and and we've got a couple of five footers here, and and you know that's that's a real dangerous snake. Oh yeah, no, dude! No, I tr- no, trust no, me, trust me. me. I know that that oh, yeah. uh, that's a mm, that's a gnarly bite. I, I Sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean to bring up a, a sore spot. Yeah. No, 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 it's, it's not a sore spot. It's definitely, flashbacks. definitely not a sore spot. It's just, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I took a shot, and you know, here I am. Mine is a spaz because so, yeah, I have, I have one, and she's, uh, she's a character. Anytime I hear a rattle, I, I, I flinch a little he bit. Gets, <laughs> his eyes get all wide. Like <laughs> my eyes cross, <laughs> and I like faint a little bit. I only blacked out for a second. It's fine. Someone we were who was we ta- we were talking to someone recently. I don't remember who it was, and they were saying like they had talked to some people. Maybe it was Eric at Carpet Fest. 
I don't know, but he was talking about some of the Australians he knows, and like apparently rattlesnakes are a really big sort of obsession of sorts over I there. I never would have thought that. Honestly. Yeah, hundred percent. Like everyone's oh, yeah. like, "Oh, rattlesnakes," and where we're like one of these fucking things again. Like, yeah, get it off the yeah, get it off the boards, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they can buy rough skills for uh, you know two hundred bucks, and we right. can buy freaking Western, Western Diamondbacks like fifty like, bucks. Yeah, fifty, sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just... We're trying to we're trying to import some more Western Diamondbacks at the moment, and just just for us to do that, it's you know it's a, it's a real hassle. So it's just you know different different worlds, I guess. Um, I think yeah, it, we, I, we I, have access to, go ahead. to very different things. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think it's a little unfair that uh, you can you can get our snakes, but we can't get your snakes. Uh, I kind of I, I gotta only, say, only, I think that's a little I think that's a little uh, hypocritical if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything else yeah. North American pit viper wise though, other than the westerns? Uh, in the region, yeah, we have um, we have Adamantius as well. Okay. A few of those at a few different different places, and then um, previously we have had uh, Lepidus Lepidus in the country mm-hmm. at a few different zoos, um, and also uh, not North American, but uh, plenty of eyelash vipers in the past. So uh, we're we're looking to get a whole bunch more of those as well. Gotcha. This is like a completely different yeah. different ball game compared, you know, handling those compared to the Lapids, though. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's a, um, yeah, it's certainly a, a different, um, a different approach to to things. I mean, most of our stuff, all of our stuff, in fact, will uh, will will hook and tail. Um, we're all we're all pretty comfortable with that, mm-hmm. and it's really the safest way, safest way to do it. You know, you, if you've got a six or seven foot brown snake or a type in, there's no way that thing's sitting on a on a hook nicely for you uh-huh. to to uh, scoop it out of the the enclosure. Um, you you kind of have to have that hands on approach. Whereas you know, once you start getting into those those pit vipers, then you you back right off again. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, the pit the pit 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 the pit vipers are uh, are fast. They're uh, when they want to be. It's yeah. like my Aatrox. You've seen her when she wants to move. She's gonna Dude, move. She's what? Like, any bitus, any uh, puffs or Dude. gabbies? Like you, you've nev- just you've never vipers, seen man. Even copperheads, man. Oh, yeah. They're they're well, those faster. Yeah, but... they're spazzy, but they're they're fast, man. They'll the, they'll move. That's the thing with gaboons that kind of cracks me up. Is like people think, oh, it's so fat and slow. I'm like, have you ever yeah, actually have you seen, seen a gaboon it? move yeah. when it wants to move? Yeah. Like it, not like not like strike, strike move, but like literally just wants to get from A to B. Yeah. Those those yeah. things can we have freaking the same book. <clears throat> we have the exact same thing with uh, with death adders. Obviously, they're in a, they're in a lapid, right. but uh, morphologically, that you know they're a viper. They've got you know similar similar mm-hmm. body right. shape, Vi- viper like attributes. Way. Yeah, exactly. But when you're herping, you know some of the some of the snakes that'll go get off the road. The the quickest for you is a is a, you know a hot death adder that that <laughs> just wants to to get away. They're, those things can be. Mm-hmm. Really move when they want to. Yeah, those Dude, are Cody Bartolini had a few man. Those I gotta say, those, those are some of my favorite Australian venomous snakes, man. The Death Adders, yeah, I think great. they are just so cool. And the name alone is just awesome. Like if you get the name Death Adder, like you win. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. You know, <laughs> that's an yeah. awesome name. So it, they're, they're just what... they're insane, man. And their strike is, oh, it's it, they're, they're oh they're so fast. So cool, I love death adders. They remind they me cool. your death adders are basically our pygmy rattlesnakes. 
Oh yeah, on a in a way bigger scale. On I a guess. bigger scale, <laughs> on a much more deadly scale, yes. But <laughs> it's kind of like your version. They're a little bigger than our pygmies, but you know. Yeah, a real a really large large atom might, might hit ninety centimeters. That would be a uh, a, a real large one. Mm-hmm. We need feet. We're yeah. American. Inches. We yeah. need it's America, damn it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, but. Um, yeah, you I'm certainly to... won't be hearing me talk in, uh, in Fahrenheit or, or inches or anything. I apologize. I'm trying to think because Cody has a handful. Of, what was the? Do you remember what species he had? I want to say it was smooth. He had a couple. He, I think he had two. He had a dark one and a light one, I think. If that helps anything. That doesn't at all. Okay, he well, had a whole rack full of them. Oh, he had well, like I next to the chondras. He had the rack full of the babies. Dude, I was I was all over Maybe the was, place that night, all yeah, right? So, was, I don't know. I don't. I they were very pretty. There. I don't remember what they were. I can't help you there. I'm but sure I, he's going to listen to this yeah. and like send me a message and be like, Dude. Have me on the show and talk about death adders. He'll do it too. Six yeah. hours. If they were later. really, um, if they were really colorful, like yellow and, and reds and oranges on them, um, it's probably a Dejara death adder. Yeah, that's exactly Acanthophis. what they were. Yep, yep. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's Rigosus. So they're probably one of the more common, the common mm-hmm. species that are kept here as well, just because they're, yeah, they're stunning. Do you guys? Is there a lot of really, bites really from death snakes. adders though, and across the country there? No, no, not at all. They make up a fairly small, so I always small hear about percentage of browns and stuff like that. Because I know like browns and I guess red belly blacks, but I never really hear about. Uh... Adders. Yeah. No. Yeah, adders. Adders make up a, a small part of it. Um, mostly people people stepping on them, but it, even that is is a rare occurrence. Brown snakes cause the most bites because mm-hmm. they're you know they're big and they're they're active hunters and they're moving around and they're the ones that people. Inc- counter on their you know on their property and and yeah, they're usually trying to kill the snake which is is you know, a bad result for for both ends usually the, the person takes a bite in the process but that eastern brown snake is is what contributes to the bulk of our mm-hmm. our snake bites and snake bite deaths hmm. Jeez. so in saying that snake bite death in australia is it is minimal. We see one to two deaths per year. Yeah, I was gonna. Um, I was gonna say the uh, yeah. the 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 anti venom the anti venom um, uh, what's the word production um, production there is is high. I've heard you guys are really well, really good you about your snake many, bites. Yeah, but that's what I'm gotta, saying. But you look at places. You, you look at places like some parts of Africa. Well, like they have some of the most world versus first world. Oh, I suppose that's true. Yeah, there's a very exactly, large yeah. civilization yeah, you look at those. there. Yeah, that's very true. I didn't you don't have that. people in Australia yeah, who are witch good. doctors trying. Yeah, to, no. Uh, all right, all right. Trying right, to rub aloe vera. I, I get it. All right, yeah. I, I didn't think about. Why that. Yeah, just put a so just put a stone on my cobra bite, yep. and uh, <laughs> we'll be good. And we'll be fine. Hold this bag of magic crystals and wait forty eight hours. Yeah, that's the that's the beauty of Australia. We do have, you know, the you know the top venomous snakes, but at the same time, we've got access to. To really high quality anti venom and, and good medical medical facilities. So right. if people get to the hospital and they get anti venom, you're fine. You 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 know, you're pretty you're pretty set. Yeah, that's a you know if you can if you can get bit by an inland taipan and survive. Yeah, I think you guys have a pretty good system out there. Those bites are really rare. That's yeah, you know, it's mostly captive. Inland bites mostly come from captive uh, captive keeping, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was going to say, because they... Taipans have this... 
You go, sorry. Okay, go ahead. You're good. I was going to say, you know, inland taipans have this, I guess, stigma surrounding them, world's most venomous snake. And, and believe it or not, it's it's one of the first ones. Once they can get the, the license, it's one of the first people, uh, sorry, one of the first species that people go for. And for the most part, they're, they're a fairly forgiving snake. They're, for the most part, fairly placid. But mm-hmm. you get a, an inland taipan on a bad day, those things will... Uh, give you a real run for your money and i i don't want to jinx anyone but i think there will be an inland type end death in australia in you know the next the next few years just going off how many people are are keeping them that the probably shouldn't yeah it's uh weird that feel, sounds familiar <laughs> yeah i think i think that's that's the case here you know but fortunately for the people well i guess the people here you know they're keeping stuff like that too you know venomous like that so it's it's not any better you know at least hey. people who are getting bit by inland taipans out there you know they can get access to that but people are getting bit by gaboon vipers and the doctor and whatnot will know out what here. to do yeah. you can handle it oh okay? yeah for sure yeah exactly you know <laughs> we're not really dealing with with exotic venomous bites at least so what do at your uh uh, at the reptile park um what do you, do you guys have a bite protocol of some sort for the rattlesnakes yeah 100 percent. we have um yeah we have protocols and and flow charts written up on the on the treatment of of viperid bites which obviously our our doctors have zero experience with mm-hmm. so right. we have a very a very close relationship with our local hospital where if we turn up with a, an atrox bite or with a, a king cobra bite they have a bit of bit of research to, to back them up. They they're right. not going in blind. They've they've had a bit of uh, exposure to it just through us talking to them about it and and going through what to expect. I guess right. So at least there's they have some type of of something Direction, going on right. going into this. You know, it's not completely blind. Yeah, for sure. And that's what uh, exactly, that, yeah. and that's what uh, Cody was saying about you know keeping anything exotic you know in, in the states. Um, you know get get comfortable with your local um your hospital your physician yeah. yeah get local get or get good with people um over over there and you know so they know they know what could happen and what to expect and uh cuz you know this isn't you know when you're dealing with venomous snakes it's yeah, it's nothing to nothing to play around with um, definitely not but um yeah. for sure how did you come about getting the job there at the at the park um, I started the park pretty well straight out of school, and I was a volunteer for a, a short period. But uh, I was I was lucky, you know. I'd had a had a lot of exposure to to a wide range of reptiles throughout my my teenage years through herping and, and through keeping. So yeah, I was put on on full time, and and four years down the track, I'm a, a supervisor in the reptile department. So. I, I guess wow. oversee um, the the volunteers that we have currently and and that side of things, but also uh, the the collection and the husbandry uh, side of things as well. I I think I need to get out there and and, and visit keep, every and, time and we and talk to somebody who's either been to Australia or lives there. We're like, man, we need to go, dude. I want to go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start saving for it, man. I'm gonna make it happen. I'm going one way or another. It's it's so good, and and the beauty of this country is, it's it's so big. But then again, a lot of it is 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 not habitated. People just aren't aren't in a lot of areas. So, you know, you can drive. I can drive from for a day and and get into an area where I won't see a person for 
for a week. Um, and you know, you're just a, a surrounded by a bunch of reptiles. So that's it's crazy. a, um, it's a lot of fun. That's crazy, man. We, we need to get out there. I do at least. Makes me think of that movie Wolf Creek. I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think Jake uh, knows what I'm talking about. Obviously, he's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that movie. Interestingly, the uh, the Wolf Creek area is actually it actually has a, a small population of a very rare uh, dragon dragon species uh, called Cryptogamma, which most most Australians would would only dream about finding, but you guys should head there it's it's usually the way it'll be two americans at, at wolf creek that find this <laughs> this lizard that's for sure let's do it justin <laughs> I'll, just be, I'll just be two americans out there looking like yeah, idiots hey. we'll find this amazing driving lizard. on the wrong side of the road oh man <laughs> i would have to i feel like right. that would be the biggest adjustment like the steering yeah, wheel well, being I'm, on the other I'm, side of the car and then driving on the other side of the road yeah, I'm headed over um, over to the states in August, and um, I'll be doing a bit of bit of herping, bit of driving around. So yeah, it's going to take a bit of bit of getting used to. What part are you going to? Uh, Arizona. Oh, nice. Standard. Uh, hey. Yeah, yeah, it should be good. I'm really excited. Like we're going back to rattlesnakes being a bit of an obsession mm-hmm. for for Australians. It's it's certainly the case, and just last night I I was flicking through that rattlesnakes of, of Arizona book, and uh, yeah, just just some incredible stuff, and and uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to get over there. That's for sure. How long are you going to be going for? Awesome. I'll be over in the country for a total of a month. Um, oh, wow. I will be with my my girlfriend, so you know Disney World and and um, New York and that are on the on the cards as well, but. <laughs> I'm uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get some uh, some herping, and that's for sure. That's cool, man. I've been to Jersey once. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Never going back. Traffic was horrible. Not used to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it's gonna be the uh, the same. I'll be there right in the monsoon, so every man and his dog will be there. <laughs> huh. Uh. So do you guys do uh, you have any like breeding projects there at the park in particular that you're working on this year? Or? Yeah, we we've got a few conservation programs set up. Uh, our big one is is not actually with with reptiles; it's with uh, Tasmanian devil. Oh. Um, I don't know if you guys know much about the the situation with those, but back in the mid '90s, a, a contagious cancer showed up within the wild population, and and their population oh, essentially crashed and. Um, we now have the largest collection of, of disease-free devils on the mainland, and uh, they're all doing really well. Um, they're breeding year after year. A lot of joeys are, are being produced, and, and hopefully um, we, can, we can do reintroductions on a, on a big scale. We've done a few, um, but, but that's the, the idea to, down the track, release a bunch of devils disease-free back into the wild. Um, but aside from that, on the reptile side of things, we're, uh, we're doing a bit particularly this year um, with an endangered turtle that lives uh, in the Manning River, which is about four hours north of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, the turtle, Manning River turtle, uh, Wallumbinia pervisi, is just facing a, a bunch of threats in the wild, uh, fox predation on nests, um, just you know, water pollutants and, and things like that. So uh, we're 
essentially going to be doing wild collection to establish a, a founder group here at the park, and then we'll uh, begin breeding for for reintroduction with those. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's an exciting thing that we've got coming up, and, and this coming spring will probably be when we do uh, a lot of our wild collection uh, for that. Man, that is oh, that's so awesome. That that is so cool. I no, I had no idea about the uh, Tasmanian devils with the uh, with the cancer. That's uh, that's incredible. Yeah, that, really... that, that's incredible that you guys are doing doing what y'all do. That's. Do they know That's what amazing. sort of caused it? I mean, it, I can't imagine after this amount of time it would be like a genetic sort of gene pool thing being too small. Yeah, it's still it's still all up in the air, really. It's it's a bit of a, a mystery, but it first showed up in, in 1996, and basically what it does is affects the, the face of the devil, and they end up with these enormous tumors and growths um, in the mouth, around the nose, and so the way that the devil dies is... is purely just from from dehydration and, and starvation so it's a it's a horrible horrible death and Jeez. and um still to this day um there's a, a small part of tasmania that is disease free but for the most part uh that entire population has been been removed and yeah it's just in a, a situation that really needs a lot of attention so uh... So what what would happen? You know, what's the plan to to get them out there without without the cancer spreading to them? You know, what what's the what's the plan to make sure they're safe in the wild from getting that? Essentially, we have to to just wait, just a waiting game for for the disease to run its course, and mm -hmm. and um, after that, you know, it could be the case where there's there's no devils in in Tasmania, but at the same time, that means there'll be no no disease so yeah um, it's, and, a, it's a big and that, that's what i'm getting at i feel like if you release some it's kind of defeating the purpose because if this is a, a, a disease that 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 can spread it's uh you know I, I feel like you know all you're doing is you know making the problem last longer you know what i mean yeah exactly if it's, they're not it's... all gone yeah 100 percent. it's it's something that that requires a lot of research and a lot of lot of time the few introductions that have taken place have been on disease-free offshore islands mm -hmm. which which have gone well because um, that way 100% we know that, that there's nothing going on and we can we can put devils out there and just see how these these captive bred devils go uh, in the wild and you know mm -hmm. fending for themselves so um, and that that went really well that that trial and they were hunting and, and doing everything that they needed to so yeah, eventually, hopefully, they, that can take place on a much larger scale. That is fantastic, man. I love, I yeah, love, it's, it's I love really hearing, cool. I love hearing about conservation efforts like that. It's, um, it, it just, uh, it, it, this is that, that's the type of thing that keeps a species alive. You know that this exactly what you just described is exactly why. And captive breeding is so important in in some aspects of of animal keeping. Um, Absolutely, yeah. you know, if without people like you, the the Tasmanian devils would go extinct. You know, that's uh, you guys are virtually saving a species by doing what you do, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, and it was a not just for for uh, saving a species, but just learning about a species. I think I think the the captive breeding side of things is is uh is really essential and mm -hmm. and from here we can sort of go into the uh i guess the rough scale python if you want because um i guess that's that's a very similar thing 
literally yes. a python we knew nothing about um to uh now being quite a, a widespread python yeah jump into it i wish they were widespread yeah, sure. here they will be eventually. <laughs> I want rough, dude. I want rough scale so bad. You and me both. It hurts. Oh, so you're in. A, you're, so you're yeah, in on getting a pair at some point. Okay, cool. When well, they don't, when I don't have yeah, to sell incredible. my car to get one. <laughs> they're just, oh, they're such a cool species, man. I just, ugh, they're so awesome. I really wish yeah, we had. You, I also really wish we had y'all scrub pythons, the king horn eye. Oh. Ooh. Jake's got a yeah, they're, they're uh, monsters. <laughs> they're monsters. <laughs> yeah, they're common as common as uh, anything, but they're a uh, they're they're a great species as well. The first wild scrub python I ever found was was up west of Cairns, and that was a four meter snake. It was was a, uh, a a decent sized snake, and yeah, it was just crossing the road. And you know, it's not often you get to see snakes that large sitting yeah. stretched out like that. So. It was a, uh, a pretty exciting thing for me, even though the uh, the North Queensland herpers seemed, seemed to be a bit tired of them by now. Um, <laughs> they're, they're one of the most common snakes up there. Jeez. I, oh. uh, I would kill to find a wild scrub python, man. That's just, that's insane to me. But I'm sure you would, you would give anything to find a wild uh, eastern or western diamondback at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, all, it's all, all relative. Yeah, I it's have all, no it's doubt all... you're going to find some in Arizona. <laughs> oh, man. Western Diamondbacks are crazy Western, common out Westerns, Mojaves. Uh, yeah. Do they have prairies out there? Not in no, Arizona. Not in Arizona. Uh, there's the, big, one. the big one I want is, 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 um, is tiger rattlesnake. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, I've never I've never seen one before, but those things just look so cool. And, I and want black some tails specs. as well. I want some specs. Yeah, I was so gonna say the, dude, bad. the speckled rattlesnakes. Oh, my God. I want some of the pirates so, so bad. The speckled rattlesnakes yeah. and the blacktail rattlesnakes are bad, dude. Oh, they're so cool. The blacktails don't get enough they're, attention. They, they go don't. under the radar they so don't. much. They are very, very cool. Uh, a very, very cool species. The Edisto um, Serpentarium has one that's like gray. Like, you know how some really? of them have like a yellow with the black? Right. This one's like gray with the black. It's I pretty sweet. That. We need to go up there sometime. Yeah, we do. Um, are you going to try and find some Gila monsters while you're out there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there there are species that we we keep here, and oh no, uh, I just love those those little guys. They're um, yeah, they're they're an awesome lizard. They're oh man, I gotta say I respect the hell out of Gila monsters. That's I would not want to get not want not want those jaws latched onto me, man. Those things are freaking tanks the skulls are pretty gnarly yeah you man i can't oh dude the 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 jaw power behind those things is just insane they're so I've gorgeous heard, i've though. heard the venom sucks oh the I've, bites yeah. Suck. yeah i've heard it's really it's not bad gonna kill you but it's gonna make you wish you were yeah dead. they're just oh they're so yeah. gorgeous though man they're so beautiful take it easy oh Dude, I just the oh. banded ones are. I, I love I love these animals. I love I love. My, I just love showing his passion. So I'm passionate, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. yeah, give us like as far as rough scales go. Like, what's the what was your trips yeah. finding those? Like, you've you've been on multiple ones looking for those, or just the one time? Uh, just the one time. Uh, unfortunately, I wish I'd I'd, I'd started going up that up to, up to that area a lot earlier. It's a uh, an incredible part of the country, but 
um, yeah, just just the one trip, and uh, yeah, we actually managed to find one on our our first night. But uh, yeah, that trip required a lot of a lot of time and a lot of um, a lot of planning to get up just to where they are. Um, but you know, when we found that snake, it was it was insane. I need to go back because there's an so, episode of O'Shea's Big Adventure. I don't know if either of y'all remember that. O'Shea's Big Adventure. Uh. Mark O'Shea used to have a TV yeah, well, show but... on Animal Planet, and one episode was him finding rough scales. And he went out there in like the middle of nowhere where they are, and I think managed to find one or two of them. Maybe it's it's I gotta it's probably on YouTube. Honestly, I need to find it. Uh, but I remember watching that as a kid and being like, "What the hell's a rough scale python?" And then like years later, I saw some people had started keeping some, and I'm like, "Oh man, no way!" And now every time I hear about rough scales, I think about that episode of yeah, O'Shea yeah. climbing up cliffs yeah, and well, stuff, was... trying to dig these bastards out. They just, I think rough scales just just stick out so much as a as a species in Morelia. They're Terry Phillip cool. calls them rock chondros. Hmm. I would say it was like yeah, they're, they're they're very similar. Yeah, I would say it was like a carpet and a chondro had a baby, but they were cooler than carpondros. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're uh, that. they're pretty amazing. The whole story with with those, uh, I guess, sort of starts with the the first specimen that was found, which was back in the the early seventies. And as with with everything back in those days, it was just preserved straight away and, and sent to the museum and um that's where it, it sat for for a fair while they weren't weren't described till 1981 um wow. and then for another few years after that it, that that was just the the only specimen that was known um and there was a second specimen found uh in in 1987 and that area where that uh, second specimen was found is the area that um that mark o'shea trip was was based around that that Prince Frederick Harbour mm-hmm. um, region, which is on the on the far west coast of of the Kimberley. Um, but I guess in terms of of live specimens, that that second specimen was was uh, preserved as well. But uh, the first proper live specimen photos, etc., was was in 1993, and um, that was that was John Weigel, who is obviously the uh, the owner of the the park here. And uh, he's been involved with with rough, rough scale pythons right from the very beginning. Um, as soon as he found out about that second specimen in that area, he began doing yearly trips. And it took him a long time to to find that first one. But yeah, in uh, in May I think it was in 1993 they got that first first one. And it was a, a just a juvenile about mm-hmm. 70 centimeters long. Um, and you can actually see the the photo of that little snake. It's a, a stunning snake in the uh, the Barker and Barker. No. Pythons of the World uh, book. Hmm. Yeah, um, That's awesome. You, you still got me? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, still I there. think you broke out for a minute there, but yeah. Yeah, you just dropped out for a sec. Because um, they're in such yeah, a remote yeah. location. Like, we don't know how many are currently, as far as population numbers, that are in existence right now, right? Yeah, yeah, the Kimberley region as a whole is enormous and a lot of it is very, very hard to get to. So, um, yeah, in order to, to get to these particular areas where these snakes live, um, back in those days at least, you needed a combination of boat and helicopter and multiple flights. It was a, an ordeal in itself just to just to get there, let alone finding one. So, um, 
yeah, I'm sure John would have spent a, a small fortune on on uh, choppers and, and uh, charter boats and that, trying to get in there. But it certainly paid off, um, at least in the, the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And in 1994 was when um, when they found the first adult. Um, that was in, in May as well. And that trip, they actually had a, a film crew with them. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of, of Malcolm Douglas, but he's a, a, a famous Australian butchman slash filmmaker. And uh, he was up there as well, and he filmed the the first footage of of a Roscoe Python, which is is pretty incredible. And you can find that on uh, on YouTube if you just type in Malcolm Douglas Kimberley Adventure. Uh, that that video will come up, and it'll show John and and the uh, the capture of that snake. Hmm. That's definitely a uh, Justin's writing it down. A right good now. one to check out. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. That's awesome. <clears throat> That's so cool, and it, see, I mean, obviously, if there if there's a you know a good bit of people keeping them there, then you must you must you all must have cracked the code on uh on breeding them then, huh? Yeah, well, the the whole story with that, um, it wasn't until the late nineties, nineteen ninety eight, that that collection was permitted, mm-hmm. and um and John was allowed to collect five five founder specimens, and um he did that uh, in nineteen ninety nine and and two thousand. They managed to find. Uh, five, uh, three boys, two girls, and um, yeah, those those founder stock are uh, basically where where it all sort of started um, in terms of of captivity. But the interesting thing with with one of those Roscoe pythons, and this was actually during the the filming of the Mark O'Shea documentary, uh, they actually removed well, they didn't, they didn't remove it physically from from inside the snake, but it was being constricted by a, an olive python at the time when they found it. Wow! <laughs> wow! That's so here's this That's this two meter olive. Yeah. Yeah, two meter olive trying to uh trying to constrict the snake you've been you've been uh looking for for days on end. But they they got it out and and um it actually it actually came good and and uh, yeah they managed to to bring those five <laughs> do, five specimens into captivity. Do olive pythons eat other snakes? Yeah. I didn't know. That. I did <laughs> I not think... know that. I I knew the Apodora in uh, Indonesia ate snakes, but I didn't know olives. Mm-hmm. I didn't know olives were snake eaters yeah, too. I think olive pythons are just one of those things that if something goes near its head and they can fit it down their mouth, they'll uh, they'll yeah. grab it. Um, if they so, if they can yeah, swallow not... it, they'll eat it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a, a typical thing, but. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's how they found one of those uh, male roughies, that's, and um, basically a... what they did was was bought those those five snakes back to Sydney. They didn't come to the park straight away. They spent a bit of time at uh, John Weigel's house at his at his private residence, and it's a very good thing that they they did that. Primarily did that for the isolation quarantine region reasons, but. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2000, uh, there was a really bad fire here at the park, which wiped out almost the entire reptile collection. Mm, so oh I have man. no doubt that those those uh, those five snakes that took all that time and, and effort to to come across would have would have perished in that fire. So that was a, a really fortunate thing that they were about 20 minutes away from the park at the time. Wow. Yeah, because there's a handful of guys here in the states that keep them, and they've been trying to breed them, but it sounds like they just they haven't been able to figure out what exactly it is they need to do to get them to to lock there's, up. There's a couple people successfully breeding Nick Mutton. Nick Mutton has produced some. Has he? Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Well, at the very least, yeah, I've well, heard the babies are a nightmare to get going. Because they've they're becoming less and less rare now. So obviously, there's some captive breeding happening because we're not getting imports in. <laughs> you know, obviously, know. there just, there I'm are there the are loop. people out there doing stuff with them. That it's just they're not a common, not a common snake at all. Um, <clears throat> but they're definitely there. There's some work being done with them in the U.S. They're not they're not super rare. Like I would think, I think Malukins are more rare than most oh, skills. So, um, you know, in retrospect, you know, they're hard to get. They're not, they've come a they're long hard, way. They're though. hard to get, but it's not impossible in a short, by, any, in consi- by any means. A considerably short period of time, they've come a long way. Yeah. Because I remember as a kid, sure. there was like rough scales and Bowellens, and nobody had either of those. Yeah, they were just a figment of your imagination. They were something you saw pictures of. <laughs> yeah. It actually existed. <laughs> something you dreamed about. <laughs> um, uh, that's how yeah, carpets was- were for me for a long time when I was younger, looking into snakes. Carpets were my dream species to keep. I wanted carpets so bad. And then once I finally got old enough to, to kind of do my own thing, I was like, you know what? I'm getting carpets. And here we are. With a lot of carbon pythons. Do you guys? Yeah, keep... I guess the um. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, you go. go I was ahead. just going to say, that really, the first the first challenge with with those original founder specimens, at least, was was getting them to feed. I know John had had a lot of issues um, getting them to to take frozen thawed rodents, and mm-hmm. uh, he tried almost everything: birds, um, native you know, native local species that we have here on the, on the East coast. And it wasn't until, until he tried uh, Spinifex hopping mouse, um, that he got a, a strong food response from, from, uh, those snakes. And slowly he just began scenting frozen thawed rats and, um, eventually transferred them over. But, uh, yeah, some of those snakes went, went a few months without a feed after arriving in, in captivity. And I know juvies as well are, um, are something that, a lot of people have difficulty getting going. Um, I think in Australia, at least, um, we don't really have too many issues with that. Um, if you just sent with with uh, quail uh, just for the first couple of feeds, they're mm-hmm. typically pretty easy to to get over. Um, I've got a couple of young ones at the moment. They just hatched out this uh, December, just gone, and um, yeah, they're they're growing like crazy. They're they're smashing food now. Um, a little bit fussy for the first couple of weeks, but huh. they're uh, they're going good. Man, that's awesome! Did you uh, did you breed them and produce them? Uh, no, those ones are actually uh, produced by by a close friend of mine. And, okay. and going back to the the uh, the, the price side of things, uh, he did actually just gave me gave me those snakes for um, for free. So, <laughs> oh my um, god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm going home. I'm gonna. I'll Bye. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not complaining. They they yeah, are no, an insanely I... cool little snake and um, really just interesting to to observe. I've got them at home, so I guess that sort of gives me the opportunity to watch watch them at night. And um, yeah, almost every single night, eight thirty on the dot, they'll be out in ambush. Um, you know, I've got perching in there for them, so uh, they use use readily uh, both the adults and the juveniles um and yeah they're uh they're they're pretty cool they're um they're great little snakes that's awesome because that's the only thing you're keeping you don't have really a collection outside of those just because of work and all no not really i've um 
I've, I've kept a fair bit in the past, but these days with, with work and, and doing snakes literally all day long, um, uh, I don't really want to be yeah, that's where going you get your fix. at this stage. And, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't really need to, to be doing too much at home at the moment, but I'd say down the track, you know, probably once once kids are on the scene and I can't get out in the field as much, I'll probably need to get that, that fix at home a bit more than, than uh, previously. Uh-huh. What's sure. your favorite local species there? Like, I guess you could either say of all, like out of all of them, or you could split up and do like favorite venomous, favorite non-venomous. Or... Well, he said he said coastal taipans earlier was his favorite species yeah. to work with. Yeah, in, in terms of local species, though, um, I still really like tiger snakes. Where I'm at um, at the moment, they're not a common snake. Um, so when you you do come across one, it's 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 pretty good and. And uh, usually, when you find them in this area, they're quite quite good looking snakes. So um, that would be one of my, my favorites to get out and, and find. Uh, death adders are, are fairly common here. Um, we, we see them quite a bit. But um, aside from that, um, we don't really have much in the way of geckos in the Sydney region. But once you get out into the more arid regions, um, geckos become become quite common and they're absolutely one of my favorites. Um, I've now seen seen all the knob-tailed geckos in the wild. They're, they're easily my, my favorite of the lot. Um, but I need to head about six, seven hours uh, west of here to, to find my, my first knob-tailed mm-hmm. species. And then it just becomes more common from, from there. There is many areas where you'll get um, a few different species occurring in a, in a, a close proximity different habitats mm-hmm. um but you you can find find multiple in uh in one area yeah the the knobtails just have a really hardcore following here like a lot of the guys that keep those that's like their thing like that's what they're, Dude, they're all n- about them knobtails are actually really cool i thought I've, I've thought about keeping them before i'm not gonna lie they are so stinking cool man i love knobtails. yeah geckos. they're um they're, they're very unique and, and pretty special little geckos. Some of them are, um, are, are quite easy to come across in the right areas, and then others sort of take a little bit more more searching. But, um, yeah, I um, I went on a trip through Central Australia, um, not last year, the year before, and uh, we managed to find six species on that on that two-week trip. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, they're certainly out there, that's for sure. That's so awesome, man. They remind me, they're basically like a cooler Australian version of like a leopard gecko. Just like a what, sorry? I said they're like a, a he cool. He compared them to leopard They're geckos. like a cooler Australian uh, version of like a leopard gecko. I said cooler, all right? They're way cooler than leopard geckos. I'm cooler. sorry. They're, <laughs> they they blow leopard geckos out of the water, but, much cooler. you know, but just nice. I mean, you know, a more terrestrial lizard, you know. They kind of have like you know, a similar head shape and etc. Whatever. Do you guys keep all the uh, like as far as carpets go? Do you guys keep all the subspecies of those, or you just keep the Australian stuff? Do you have any pop ones or? Uh, no, no. Just in terms of of subspecies, every Australian subspecies is is well represented in in Australian collections, but. Um, in terms of any anything from PNG, um, no, we we don't have any of that in the country, at least um, not that I know of. That's my thing. That's my thing. I've seen people like post my, pictures uh... of chondros, and they're not like the, the the Iron Range chondros. These are straight up 
BR. Oh, conjurers, no. Con- yeah, in terms of uh, yeah, conjurers, we've got we've got plenty of uh, plenty of uh, those kicking around. You know, actually, it's it's quite hard to find pure Australian uh, conjurers. There's just a couple oh, of guys that, wow. that sort of specialize in those, and they're usually quite expensive. But um, yeah, yeah, that, conjurers, we um, I... we see. Well, do you do you have any no idea? No one thought twice about it. I, like, I do. You have any idea why uh, you guys have the uh, the PNG uh, green tree pythons, but not not the carpets? Oh, uh, that's what you're really, worried about. I guess. I'm curious. <laughs> Those are my thing, man. So. You know this. I love my I love my West I Point carpets. I thought you were like perplexed by the fact that they had PNG chondros in Australia. No, I'm curious why and, they like, have. You PNG. were like really thrown off by it, but then you're no. like, oh, they have those. Well, no, it, it it does throw me off, but like it, it would it just doesn't make sense that they have the PNG chondros but not the PNG carpets because they have Darwin's. They're practically the same thing. Dude, shut your shut your <laughs> mouth. Shut your. I will fight you. I you don't. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. Don't, 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 don't even, don't even play. I will, I will strike I mean, you. I think we can. All I will agree. strike if you, you. If you took the Pepsi challenge and you showed a person a picture of a Darwin and then a picture of a Pop when you were like, "Are these the same snake?" They'd probably be like, "Yep." All right, uh, I gotta breathe. Back me up. I gotta breathe here. Back uh, me up, sure. Thank you, hey. dude, dude. Dude, what? You're supposed to be on my side. We have the same name. Come on, uh, <laughs> we're supposed to stick together. That doesn't mean anything. It means everything. I Mate, can't... I think we're. This, I think we might be the same age as well. Yeah, yeah we are. Is, you said you just going here. You said you just turned twenty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you turn twenty-three? Uh, April. Start April. April. Oh, so okay. I'm a couple. I'm literally a couple months older than you. I turned. Twi- I turned 23 in January. So. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, yeah, man, you're the Australian version of me. Not a compliment. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Damn. Uh, that was a that was a hit. All right. I see how it is. That's cool. So yeah. All right. Getting back on track right, to back on track. carpets. Carpets. So you guys yes. have the inlands, which is also a species here that hasn't quite taken off. There's a there, good bit of dude, there's a handful there's... of people having them, but there's not a ton of people breeding them. Yeah, but they're also not that like rare. You... They're not that expensive. They're not cheap. <laughs> yeah, they're not cheap, but they're also not. They're not a thousand dollar animal. You know, they're... I can get a pair for nine hundred. Yeah. yeah. I really like those. I know you're not super stoked about those, but I mean, those cool. I those are right up there with with rough skills for me. Like those are almost nah, dude. almost not topped even, them for me. There, it's not even on the same. I've heard nothing but cool scale. things about inlands. I, I have nothing against inlands. You know, to me, they just, I just you know. Yeah, they're nice. They're they're certainly a nice a nice python, and I've seen photos of of some uh, some real stunners. The one that I came across. I haven't seen one since since 2015, but that thing was was a real beast. It was it was so heavy and 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 so long. It was probably uh, maybe as, as thick around as your your thigh, or oh, not quite mm-hmm. your thigh, but but it was it was it was a fat snake. And, Jeez, um, this was, was this was a wild. This out was a wild specimen. Yeah, correct. It was just on the uh, on the side of the highway up in uh, up towards central Queensland and. Um, not the not the best looking one I've seen, but 
um, it was just the size was was what really uh, was really special about that snake. Just a beast. And tell us the tell us the legend of the imbricata, because we'll we'll probably never know what those are like. <laughs> the legend of the imbricata. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's it. Yeah, that's a bit of a, a sore spot because I just spent um, uh, three weeks down in the down in the southwest, and mm-hmm. I mean we did a bit a bit of traveling further up north as well, and. Yeah, we saw a lot of roadkill, roadkill imbricata, and, and not a single live. So it was a um, a bit of a shame to hop back on the plane without without seeing one. But they are a um, yeah a, a stunning snake for the most part. I've seen some some uh, really fine example of those, but um, yeah, unfortunately, we did not did not come across any. Do you guys have any at the park? No, we don't. Uh, we don't really do too much with with carpets here. Mm-hmm. We have. A few di- we have a few diamonds, and um, previously we've kept uh, bread lie, and um, of course we have we have rough scale pythons. We have a big a big display for those mm-hmm. uh, in our reptile house. But aside from that, we uh, we mostly keep smaller anteresia um, that we use for for our uh, public presentations and and experiences and things like that. Um, we don't have any any coastals or, or anything like that. I guess that makes sense. That'd be like all the zoos here keeping like corn snakes and copperheads and <laughs> all the stuff you can literally yeah. go out in the parking lot and probably find. <clears throat> yeah, but I guess I guess you know people do come to zoos to to see the you know your, your big ticket items, your Komodo dragons, mm-hmm. and your, right. your, your cobras, and and you know here in Australia, you know everyone wants to see see uh, Tasmanian devils and, and koala, but you've got to include that that local stuff as well because that's what people are, are probably going to be encountering and mm-hmm. if someone yeah. doesn't know that the difference between venomous and, and non-venomous that's that's something that's a really important message to to uh convey um with with that local stuff yeah i think definitely think that's really important because you know i went to uh several weeks ago i was in um i was in st augustine florida and i went to the alligator farm and uh, they showed some, um, you know, I, I sat in for one of their little shows. I just wanted to see what it was about. And uh, they showed some exotic stuff. Um, they had they had a few different things. But they also sh- showed some um, some local species. And I th- I always think that's important, you know. Show, show the people what they're going to encounter, you know. It's, I haven't um, been there in such a long time. It's, it's been, been, like, easily over 10 years. That was the first time I'd been there in probably 15 years, yeah. if not if not more. Only second time in my I life. Want to go back? Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a fun experience for sure. <clears throat> um, it was funny. I was uh, looking at. They have like a big pond with a bunch of alligators in it, and there's mm-hmm. like, there's like two freshwater crocodiles just, just hanging out in there. They just run that pond, dude. They're huge. It the was. It was uh, I'm not sure. I'm not I sure. mean, they were big. Uh, the, yeah. Then it was American. Yeah, yeah. they they were cool. They just did. You know, those they were the king of those ponds. And That's like the crazy thing is people don't realize. Like a lot of people forget that American uh, crocodiles are even a thing. Yeah, like there's so many people I yeah. talk to. They're like, no. oh, we have alligators. What else do we have? I'm like, well, if you go down to Florida, you know, far enough, we have American right. crocodiles. Yeah. And they're like, really? Yeah, something that something that isn't invasive. Right. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, uh, the 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 scary thing is is a lot of people, a lot of Australians uh, forget that that saltwater crocodiles are a thing. So <laughs> you often uh, you yeah. often that blows my mind. You often get cases of of people jumping in for for a, a quick dip because it's that's such it's a horrible boiling way to hot go. and humid and oh, it's it's a it's it's a dumb thing. 
man. We have that. That happens that's, in Florida a good bit. A lot of nuts. tourists go and they think they can go swim in like any body of fresh no. water. And it's I tell people that come and visit here in South Carolina, I'm like, if it's a fresh body of water, it's got a gator in it. Yeah. Well, I I know not necessarily. My dad's got a got a quarter acre pond on well, his I'm property. T- I tell them that. Yeah. No. No. Like, for don't sure. Don't be looking for him. For Just sure. Assume there's one in there. It's the you know the any fresh water around here. There's there's probably there's almost definitely a gator in it. It's just it's just how it is. You know. Um, I don't know if you guys have American gators there or not, but I'm sure compared to the saltwater crocs, they're a piss in the pool. Oh my god. They're babies. <laughs> they're babies. <laughs> We have sixty. We have sixty gators here. Wow! Shit. So we, uh, yeah, we do a fair, fair bit with those, and it's just, uh, it's just hilarious going from, from a gator feed straight into yeah. a, a big <laughs> salt with a croc feed. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like, uh, it's like feeding. It's like feeding a dachshund compared to feeding like a Rottweiler. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's still, it's still kind of, it still amazes me that people get killed by gators because I'm like. It's so they're really to, not it's so that easy fast. to avoid like them. Yeah, they're like all you have like, to do is basically not stick your arm in water. Punch coming at you slow motion, like and not not even necessarily that because I get like they I mean they're not necessarily slow, but well, night, it, it's so easy. Animal, it's so easy to not stick your arm in the water to grab your golf ball. Like, cause you notice that's, that's the majority of people who get messed up by gators is people getting too close to ponds on a golf course. They're reaching in to grab their yeah. ball, well, or they're walking their dog. Disney and... a couple years ago, there was some people that were letting their kids swim in one of the ponds at night, and the kid got what? taken by. You don't remember that? No. There was this big thing, man, down at Disney in Orlando or something. Uh, there were some tourists from out of like the Midwest or something like that, and their kid was swimming in a pond at night. Oh my! Parents God. were there. Yeah, I remember that. That was a that was on the news over yeah, here a lot. Yeah, it's like really. Wow. I mean, living down here, I guess, with them is kind of one thing, but I'm sure you guys get something similar to that over there because I know you guys have signs that tell people, like, hey, jackass, don't swim here. Yeah, we have Yeah, we have big, big, bright yellow signs that, that people still seem to uh, to manage to ignore. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's uh, that's where the whole uh, Darwin Award comes into to play. Oh, yeah. That's Natural a, selection. Yeah, that's – I mean – it's just one of those things, man. Even in the saltwater around here, you'll get gators. Uh, any anything, common, even yeah. yeah, it's not. They'll travel through it. Mm-hmm. I know people that have seen gators near the Broad River, mm-hmm. and uh, I know even if it's re- remotely brackish, they'll definitely oh, yeah. they'll definitely be be all I up. I used in to there. go boating uh, up in Charleston a lot, and there was a there's a almost just brackish water, and right. there were gators everywhere. Oh, We'd yeah. be skiing, and you'd like. Gators would be like right there. Yeah. And as soon as you go by, they disappear. But right. brackish water, they don't care. Salt water, they're not fond of. They'll pass through it. Yeah. But it's I know so I know <laughs> I knew crazy. some people that just some guys I knew that fished a lot. They they saw a gator almost every time they went out. They had a certain mm-hmm. spot, and you know there was one that just hung out in the marsh, salt completely salt water. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're cool, man. I really one day I would really like to do a lot more work with uh, crocodilians. Just in general, I'd really like to get some hands-on experience with them. Yeah, what do you guys have there at the at the park as far as those go? You have gators and saltwaters. Uh, cr- yeah, crocodilians. Um, not a whole lot in the entirety of Australia, really. Um, most places will, of course, have the two the two Australian species, freshwater and, and mm-hmm. saltwater croc. Um, but then uh, most places will also have 
uh, gators. Uh, the reptile park imported a bunch of gators back in the 60s, and and a lot of those gators are, uh, are still here. They they live in a big big fenced off lagoon, and we basically just uh, you know we feed them. But aside from that, they do their own thing. They they go through <laughs> their their seasons, and they they nest. And um, yeah, we we will uh, incubate eggs if um, if somewhere wants gators, but. Yeah, we've got a got a whole bunch of those. But aside from that, um, there's uh, Melbourne Zoo down in um, Victoria, which uh, has uh, Philippine crocs, which is is incredible. Obviously, a, a mm-hmm. critically endangered species. Um, but that's it. That's that's all all that's in Australia. Um, oh, wow. Just the the four species. Um, I'd love to get and work with uh, the the Tamistamer uh, at some stage. Um, the uh, false gharial. Yeah. Be, um, yep. That'd be incredible. I love the look of those, as well as some of your, your Paleosuchus and, and um, a few of the other Caymans. My favorites have always been Cubans. Yeah. Just because I've heard Cubans are wacky, man. Cuban like, rocks Cubans, are crazy. Cubans man. do some crazy they shit. They gallop when they run, dude. <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't run like a like an alligator. They they freaking gallop. It's insane. They're, they're cool. Uh, yeah. They're I'll never awesome. keep one, but they're cool. No, I, I want a dwarf. I want some species yeah. of dwarf came in when I have the space. One of the two, of the paleo, yeah, yeah. The, the, one of the small, one of the smallest species I can find. They're, uh, I think they're so cool, and I'd love to have one. Just set up a nice big pond, you know, either in probably indoors, but have an outdoor one as well. Um, but a lot of people don't keep those, right? No, definitely not. <laughs> a lot of people think it's just a small crock you can keep in a freaking. Um, did I yeah, send you the 40, video yeah. that he had of what he does with the funnel webs, the funnel web spiders? I don't think so. I don't think I did. No. I'll have to send that to you. But you guys do uh, venom extraction of funnel web spiders, which is a pretty interesting process because you guys have to do a ton of those to make that happen, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a you know, I'm a reptile reptile guy and a reptile keeper, but a big part of my day involves sitting in front of a whole lot of male funnel web spiders and and um yeah the venom extraction side of things particularly with those is is very time consuming um we need to milk about 150 individual spiders to make just one vial of antivenom oh, so my. Uh, yeah it's a uh, like a bit snakes. of a, a process yeah exactly yeah very similar small <laughs> venom yield um a lot easier to feed than a coral snake though fortunately Definitely. they just uh, i don't know i, I did do some, their, their yeah. thing but I did some time with spiders, man. I love them. I miss keeping them. Uh, I think like inverts yeah, we, and um, reptiles kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of. Yeah, we've got a um, we've got a large spider uh, spider department here, um, where of course we do all the the extraction side of things. But we're also uh, one of only two approved facilities in in the country um, that can house exotic uh, tarantulas. So we have just you know nothing nothing phenomenal um just a uh, a few of the uh, salmon pinks and um and uh, smith eye as well of course your you, you mexican red knees mm-hmm. but uh, aside from that um yeah the bulk of it is is the the fun web spider and we can only milk uh the male because the male is actually six times more toxic than the girl so oh, wow. um, in order that. to produce a a, uh, a high quality antivenom we we have to milk the the most toxic the boy because I mean, those are responsible for a good bit of bites throughout the country. Yeah, we see we see quite a few bites. Um, I'll tell you about a really uh, 
a really bad one a couple of years ago. Uh, it was just a local case. It happened about 20 minutes from the park. Um, a young boy had a, a male funnel webbed in, inside his shoe, and um, of course, as he as he reached in, um, it bit him. Um, and yeah, that spider actually held on. They've got very long fangs, mm-hmm. and yet held on for a, a good few seconds, and just obviously loaded him with with a lot of venom. And he actually received uh, 12 vials of anti venom. Um, it's the the most that we that we know of in history. Typically, you'll need one, maybe two. Uh, but wow. yeah, 12 vials to to save that kid's life. But um, yeah, he, he pulled through. We haven't seen a single death from a, a fun web since the antivenom was released. Now, what is, what's the mechanism of that venom? Like, what are the symptoms typically? Is it neurotoxic, sort of? Yeah, yeah. Male fun web venom is is incredibly neurotoxic. So. Um, typically, if you're bitten, there is a bit of pain associated, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, you'll begin to see ptosis, you know, droopiness of the eyelids, yep, and yep. the inability to speak. And um, basically, what it what it does is just affects the the diaphragm and, and affects the breathing. So you can be put in a fairly bad way very quickly. But fortunately, the uh, the first aid procedure that we use for venomous snakes, so your, your compression bandage, mm-hmm. uh, it works very very well on on funnel web spider bites as well. So if you do those two things, if you apply a bandage and you get to hospital and you get antivenom, um, there's there's pretty well a, a, a you know not a chance that you're gonna gonna die from a, a funnel web spider bite. Um, and prior to the antivenom available, uh, there was 13 deaths. So there's certainly a spider that can can kill someone, but wow. yeah, we don't see that anymore these days, fortunately. And hopefully, it stays that way for a very long time. That's insane. And you guys don't. There's. You guys have a species of widow, right? That's the other one that's kind of hot for you guys. You guys have yeah, red backs. Yep, yep, yeah. Just a red red back spider. It's probably the most common common spider right throughout the country. They they are literally everywhere. And um, yeah, believe it or not, those those tiny red backs have actually caused the same number of deaths as funnel web spiders. Um, wow. But they're, they're a same widow, deal. Same we don't. Same, same group. Yeah, they look almost almost identical to your your black widow, except they have the the red on yeah. the uh, mm-hmm. the the upside of the abdomen. Because that's we have two species here. We have the blacks, then we have the browns, and like I could yeah, literally okay. go out pretty much anywhere within thirty feet of the house and probably find one. But yep. like you'd yep. never it's hear about same. people getting bit by them. Yeah, I no, only... it's the same deal over here. The only person I know of that's been that's had a bad a bad bite from a spider was my neighbor, and he got bit by a brown recluse. Um, and he had a pre, it was a pretty gnarly bite. His mm-hmm. whole his whole left side was like majorly bruised. Yeah. Um, but I really don't hear I really don't hear much about venomous you know spider bites yeah i mean widows are really <laughs> the only ones that we have to worry and they're about. pretty common they're you know, very they're, common they're not it's not like they're just not around but they really don't do much. and even more interesting is we don't even have an antivenom for those here in the states there's there's one they make in like mexico but it's not approved through the fda dang yeah but, right okay yeah you just yeah, you well, don't we, we hear do have about. an antivenom for a... yeah we do have an antivenom for for redback spider bite but Again, it's not used very frequently. Usually, the bites are, are not serious enough to require it, um, and we don't do we don't do any of that here. Mm-hmm. We uh, are solely solely working with the the Sydney Funnel Web. Gotcha. 
and they're not a massive spider like a big female mm-hmm. funnel web might get to maybe two two and a half inches in length would be oh, yeah, would be a, a massive one yeah but uh the male the males are even smaller than that yeah t- a two inch male would be would be big jeez <laughs> that's nuts yeah just I've, stupidly toxic i've never really been into spiders i was in texas a couple of years ago and uh my buddy had a pink toe and i got to mess with that a little bit and uh that it's was such a, an odd it was it was the they're... big that was definitely the biggest spider i'd ever handled mm. and it was it was it was pretty cool like you know it was kind of one of those bucket list things i'd never done mm. i never messed with a tarantula i don't know why just was never given the opportunity you know um but uh it, it was it was pretty cool it is a very weird sensation mm-hmm. though it's weird it, it's really really weird you ever been haired by one haired no yeah. oh it sucks it is not so they fun. They just shoot hairs in yeah. your skin. They flick. It's like fiberglass. You ever get fiberglass on you? Oh yeah. Same oh yeah. Thing. It sucks so bad. Dang. I did it. Yeah, I had a, a salmon pink bird eater once, and I saw it do it. Like I was feeding it, and I was like, "Oh, cool, no big deal." And I had my hand in the in the whatever it was I was keeping it in at the time, and uh, not knowing that I had gotten those hairs on my hand, I went and scratched my nose. And got, yeah, I got those all in the lining right Ah, here, right in the lining of my nostrils, like on the outside, and you want to talk about hell, What, man, for the next like 24 hours, my nose was like almost bloody from me scratching it so much. It sucked. Yeah, that's, uh... Yeah, I've been, um, I've been done badly a a few times, and yeah, I did not sleep well the, the night of, um... Yeah, you're just you're just insanely itchy, and then mm-hmm. it's just nonstop. You can't you can't stop scratching that. Yep, because I think scratching it just so. breaks those fibers more and makes them just spread out. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. get them out; it actually just makes more of them. <laughs> <laughs> but Dang. I want to know what species you would keep if you could have it there. Like any species in the world. Uh, it, it's a, it's a tough one. There's a lot out there. Um, uh, for me, I, I really love king cobras and in terms of an exotic species that I would love to work with at home and, and put a lot of time into a breeding and, mm-hmm. and managing a bit of collection, a bit of a collection that would be, be my pick. But, um, in terms of, of some of your, your non-venomous, um, I'd really love to, to keep some Sanzinia at some point. I think, I mean, I've never, uh, I've never really handled them or anything. There's only one in the whole country. Um, but yeah, aside from that, um, there's probably a few lizards. Uh, I mean, Komodos I work with already, but mm-hmm. if I had the space and and the the money, if that if that wasn't an option, um, you know, I think uh, I'd love to have a little little property with with a uh, a bunch of Komodos. They're um they're, they're in terms of a, a reptile, they're they're a pretty special one. I, I love our two Komodos, you know, like they're my, you know, your dog or your your child or something. You just love them so much. I've worked with these two for for quite a few years now, mm-hmm. and they're just super quiet, super affectionate. The uh, the girl at the moment sort of going through a phase where all she wants to do is is just climb all over you and, and be sitting <laughs> on you and 
I mean, I'm certainly not not complaining about Komodo cuddles, but when you're trying to trying to work in the exhibit and and, and change the water or something, it, it gets a, a bit old after a while. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you just awesome, wanted to go that. and uh, go and and walk over the other other direction. That species is really but, pretty um, too. Like compared to the when you see the pictures of the ones in the wild, and you're like, oh, cool, it's a Komodo dragon, it's brown. But you ever see like a hatchling? Like those are really really pretty monitors. Yeah, they're stunning. And I think that comes down to as well a lot of people that take photos of, of wild Komodos do it on um, Flores or, or uh, sorry, uh, Komodo or uh, Rinsha, mm-hmm. whereas uh, every single Komodo in the country at the moment is uh, a Flores animal, which I think stay a little, little smaller and, and they're just a bit more attractive. And do you guys do anything as far as like going to these places where some of these animals are coming from to do any sort of research on them or anything like that? Uh, no, not really. Um, I would obviously love to uh, love to have an all expenses paid work trip to to Komodo, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, no. Aside from that, um, not really. We um, we got these lizards in from uh, the LA Zoo. Um, back in in 2012, and um, you know at that time they could could sit on your arm and and you know crawl around your your neck. But right now the boy is uh, is just a touch over 40 kilos, and and he's getting pretty hard to uh, to pick up. That's for sure. He's sort of on the <laughs> on the cusp of of uh, being able to to manually move around. But I mean both these lizards are are so good that anything we need to do with them we can we can do. We, you know they're trained to to uh, go into a harness and, and walk, we take them out for for walks with the public out into the uh, out into the main park area. So um, yeah, they're they're pretty special. That's cool, man. And how yeah. many how many I king talking... cobras? Go ahead. No, you're right. Uh, the king cobras. Um, in terms of what we've got, we've just got two male here at uh, males here at the moment. Um, but we are uh, getting a few more in fairly soon. Um, and then uh, there's also uh, two at another zoo um, up in up in Queensland. But they're not really a, a well-represented species in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, they've only been, only been bred um, on, a, on a small number of occasions. One of those was, was back in 2007 here at the park. Um, but, yeah, aside from that, um, that's something that I'd really like to to be involved with. I'd love to breed that species and you know just go through the process of of, of watching a female king build a build a nest. It mm-hmm. would be um would be pretty special. That's just that's one species that consistently across the board I hear everyone that's worked with them say like it is just they're on another level. Yeah. For any yeah, reptile, hundred like percent. They're yeah. just there's something something there that isn't that isn't there with any other species. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one of our our males, actually the one that's that's on display now, reptile house. He's a uh, he's a wild caught snake. He was caught uh, in Java, in uh, I think it was two thousand and three or four. So he's mm-hmm. a pretty old snake, um, and a big big angry snake as well. He's probably the best part of I don't know maybe fifteen foot, um, close to it fourteen fifteen foot I'd say. Um, so he's a uh, a big snake. Yeah, because the Riverbank Zoo has one, and like seeing that one on display, like 
it would be out roaming, but it, you know, if you moved, it would stop and it would look at you. But it wasn't like any other snake where it's like looking at you to figure out what you are. It was like straight up looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. not it, you it as like a like, figure. Like it looks what is like that? It's looking it's like, into your soul. No, you bitch. Like you, yeah. right? Yeah. It was crazy, man. It was like it. I don't know. I I really haven't spent much time around them, but yeah, they're neat. They're a um. They're certainly a special snake. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure what the go will be with these ones that are coming into the country fairly soon for us, whether they're feeding or not. But I mean, if we want, if we want to talk about fussy feeding snakes, we could uh, we could talk about kings, or we could also talk about uh, Owen Pellies if you if you'd like. Yeah, what's your uh, experience with those? Yeah, I definitely want to hear about those. Um, yeah, hundred percent. So um, we keep a uh, just a small group, just a trio here. Um, we got those back in in 2016 as as hatchlings, but as far as on pellies go, there's virtually none in the in the uh, the private sector, and um, outside of the the Northern Territory, um, we are the only only zoo facility that that keeps them. So yeah, they're a pretty pretty special snake to wow. us, and and one that we've uh, put a fair bit of bit of time into, um, mostly on the on the feeding side of things. They've uh, they've never really been a snake that that feeds well. One of them is um, one of the girls is is getting there now. She's starting to really uh, put some food away and and get some good size to her. She's probably a an eleven twelve foot snake now. But um, yeah, those other two are still are still quite fussy. And I think that that just comes down to them wanting what they they prefer in the wild. Which I mean, I think they're they're a large mammal mammal feeder but as well i think they they really like birds and and certainly that's my experience from Mm -hmm. from a captive point of view um you know i've seen some photos of some big wild specimens with obvious big mammal bulges in them but um yeah from from a captive point of view uh birds is is what they want and um yeah we've done some some crazy stuff with you know tying tying quails to to rats and chicken heads to rats and (laughs) yeah a bit of uh (laughs) A bit of uh, surgical work, but um, yeah, they're almost at the, the stage now where they're feeding fairly consistently, um, just just with scenting. And um, yeah, that big girl that I spoke about, she's taking rats fairly well now, unscented. So um, you know, that's that's obviously the end the end goal. But I mean, I still love to to feed out birds to to species that will take them. Going back to king cobras. You know, owls love quail. I'll feed them. I'll feed them a quail alongside rodents because both of ours feed readily on on rodents, fortunately. But Owen oh, Pelly's just one of those snakes. It's it's like nothing I've ever ever experienced unless they grab it right on the the head, and you know the the stars have to align for them to to swallow a rat, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's the care on those? Like, like you guys do that? I don't. I'm not familiar with with really where they come from i've, I've yeah. seen a handful of pictures but i really don't know a ton yeah, about them cool yeah so as, as as a species they're pretty well endemic to well they are endemic to the northern territory um but in terms of of their habitat and where they occupy it's an area known as the arnhem escarpment so it's a basically a big escarpment region um there's lots of uh lots of high rock outcrops and it's a beautiful part of the the country and, and a an area I've visited a few times now, but um, yeah, it's it's hot, it's humid, and um, we keep them much the same way. We we give them a fairly 
fairly decent hotspot, and particularly when they're in sloth, um, when they're when they're coming up for a shed or mm-hmm. they're uh, they've obviously got a big meal in them, then they'll uh, they'll spend a lot of time hugging that that heat. And um, you know, we're talking about. I mean, I'll try and try and convert it. It's probably like a 92, 94 degree hotspot, mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. which I think works out to about 33, 34 degrees um, uh, for us. But for the most part, they're they're, they're no different to to keep than any other Australian python. Um, they love to be uh, they love to be ni- nice and uh, tight and tucked away. That's for sure. We've actually got uh, little shelves built into the into the the walls of the enclosure and. Um, basically, it's just like a slot. So we have a shelf and then another shelf on top with maybe a, oh, a two-inch gap. Oh, I bet you love those. And, oh, they do. It's just like a, a like a rock crevice. So I bet they you get, the brettles would love those. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd say I'd say a lot of a lot of Australian pythons would would uh, at least the uh, you know the northern species would would like them. Um, we have the similar a similar thing in our Roscoe python display, and uh, yeah, they're constantly jammed up in there. But um, yeah, in terms of the old pellies, that's where they spend the bulk of their time. Um, we've also offered them uh, perching when they're a bit younger, a little bit smaller, which they would use frequently. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really sit like a, you know, like a conjurer or a rough scale python or anything. Uh, they basically just sort of loosely drape across it, and um, occasionally you'll see them adopt an ambush position off the off the perch or out of those shelves that I was talking about. Um, but yeah, for the most part, they're they're no different. They're um they're just a really interesting interesting one to to observe. And yeah, as I said, we've got we've got a boy and, and two girls here. And are you guys are you planning to try and make more of those in the future? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's been sort of the the um the plan ever since we got them as as hatchlings, just to grow them up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not really a a massive fan of, of pumping a whole lot of food into a snake just to get it to to breeding size and just because they're of of size doesn't mean they're of age either so right. yep. Um, yep. i think they'll be yep. i think they'll be very similar to a um you know a scrub or an olive and that they need a bit of bit of age a bit of maturity as well but i mean our uh, our girl that's that's over three meters she's uh you know i have no doubt she's of size whether she's whether she's of age is, is another thing, but this year we'll uh, we'll probably uh, yeah go through the process of, of cooling, which we have done done in the past as well for previous years, just to get them into that that cycle. But um, yeah, I'd say we might throw the boy in this year and uh, and see what happens because she's certainly a, uh, a a chunky snake now. Yeah, because I mean those those have those even been produced in captivity? They have, yeah. So um, there's been there's been a few. Uh, a few reproductive events that have taken place with those. Uh, most of them have taken place under the care of um, a man named uh, Gavin Bedford, who lives in the Northern Territory. He was the one that actually collected the the original founder uh, specimens, or at mm-hmm. least obtained those. And uh, yeah, he's he's produced those quite a number of times um, with those those wild caught specimens. One of his girls is is five meters long. Um, and I'd say those those snakes are quite a bit older. Um, you know, they're probably 20, uh, ten plus years of age. So wow. um, yeah, because they're they're yeah, strange because they're they're long massive. but they're thin. That is a massive snake, man. Like they're not yeah, super they're, thick um, around, right? They're no, no. They're um they're built very much like a if ever you've seen our Australian uh, tree snakes, they basically mm-hmm. 
are the same thing on a much larger scale. Um, big long heads, um, very long slender slender body, and I'd say they do spend, even as, as large adults, um, a lot of time in, in trees. Uh, the one that we found just a couple of months back was was uh, about probably 12 metres up a tree. So, yeah, they uh, they can certainly climb, and they're just one of those snakes that if you, you handle them, they're just constantly grasping onto, onto something, and, and they're pretty hard to, to get off something when you need to. Nice. That's awesome, man. Those are like the white whale for here, too. Oh, like yeah. You hear so many Morelia guys be like, man, that's at the top. Like, if I could ever own any Morelia, it'd be those or Boellans. And... Even though Boellans aren't Morelia anymore. But... <clears throat> Whatever. They are to me. They always will be. Well, neither, neither, are, um, neither are Owen Pellies these days. Um, Somalia. Are they Somalia uh, now, too? Somalia as well. Mm. Yep. So are our, uh, the uh, Scrubbies. Yep. I knew the Scrubs were... Uh... Or Somalia. That's a. Do you guys have scrubs at the park? Uh, previously, we have had, uh, but not not currently. No. Um, my experience with with captive Australian scrubbies um, involves a uh, a lot of open mouths coming <laughs> towards you and a lot of blood. So. jeez. Oh, <laughs> I, uh, I haven't really had too much to um to deal with them or to do with them rather. But um, when I was when I was a lot younger. I was at a uh, an expo over here, and um, this guy had a uh, a really big scrub, probably four and a half meters, mm. in a uh, a fairly small tank, just just on his table as a a bit of a display. And um, at the end of the day, it came time to to pack everything up, and he was uh, he was bagging up the snake, and that snake grabbed him and just would not let go, no matter mm. what they tried. So. Um, yeah, it's it's not something that I really want to uh, to experience a big scrubby bite. Yeah, but, Jake's yeah. caught some of that action with the little one. Yeah, he's little. Yeah, so, the but little man, ones aren't so bad. I it's think. not bad, but it's it's not that it hurts, but it's surprising for his size. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like it hurt more than an average snake his size. You know, he hit me, and it was like I felt how long his teeth were. You know, at, at oh, the yeah. size he That's is, and it was like, wow, that was that was kind of weird. I can't imagine you being eight foot and doing that. That's uh, let alone uh, King Horneye, man. Mm-hmm. Those are. Just absolute monsters, man. See, that's another group that we've talked about this before. Like, that's another group that just seems to be much more on another level in terms of, like, what's going on and what's happening and knowing what's... The the King Horneye in the U.S. is virtually non-existent. Um, No, there's... I think somebody has two females. That sucks. Yeah, and the the male (laughs) died. They used to have a trio. They used to have a trio, and the male died. Um, yeah right. So, and I'm pretty sure those are the only two in the states um, that I know of, of course. But yeah, I could I could be completely wrong. Twenty bucks says they're gonna outcross it. Um, you know Lawrence Ketchington. He used to ha- he used to have a king horn eye. Yeah, I believe he lost his as well. Um, but due to cancer, that was it. Yeah, no. it was a one of the the uh, cancer thing. I don't know somebody. Yeah. But they're very, very, very scarce in the U.S. Um, they're not being reproduced in any, yeah, any shape or form here. <laughs> in the um, in Australia, um, the, a few people will keep them, but 
for the most part, I think they just get too big and, and, and too much to handle for, for most people. So they're not a common common snake that, that you see kept over here. Um, a, f- a few guys can, can breed them, um, no worries at all, but then they're certainly not a, a, a popular, you know, readily yeah, available not snake. something they're, you take to a kid's birthday party. You know, party. some of the stuff around, yeah, Harlan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you, you didn't even think of that when you said that? <laughs> We had a guy. We had a. Uh, we were talking to our buddy Harlan. Oh, I guess I don't know. That was a personal conversation. I don't remember what? Oh, I guess what, he said we should. That? We should have been recording. He said he brought a scrub python was to a, a birthday. Scrub? Yeah, it was. I swear it was a scrub. He said he brought a big scrub to a birthday party, and things went south, and the it's thing like and, such a Harlan and the thing, thing do, ended up like wrapping around his neck, oh, and like yeah, he yeah. almost he almost blacked out because no one knew what was happening. No one knew like, what was no going one was on. Aware like, that this thing was like got him in a f- yeah, freaking sleeper hold. He said he was he was about to black out, and somebody <laughs> I did something. Remember that now. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I think we're uh, we're fortunate here because. You know, we don't obviously we don't have the Australia scrubs, but the uh, the Indonesian scrubs or the PNG scrubs are stay a stay a much more manageable size. You know, even your Southerns and Barnecks, you know, you're not looking at much more than twelve, maybe thirteen foot. Unless it's a coffee um, out. Even then, wait, which one was not... it that means with the Wamina? No, the what's the, the one that monster that means has? Yeah, that's the that's the, the coffee out. Yeah, oh. it's a big one, but it's not like it's not King Horn. It's not King Horn Eye big. Yeah, it, it's a it was a large barnex are big. You know, they're definitely not small animals, but they're not King Horn Eye. Mm-hmm. That's uh, they're King Horn Eye in a whole another realm of like some of the largest snakes in the world. I wouldn't know, um, brother. Not so, green on a stick. Sorry. So yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I've got it, it definitely doesn't surprise me that they're not so common out there. Yeah, I've got a um a group of mates that that are up in Cairns, North Queensland, and you know they come across a lot of scrubbies. And a couple of years ago, I think it might have been 2016 or 2017, they found uh, 18 foot plus uh, big big scrubby, Jeez. you know, thick as anything, um, just hanging out in the middle of a. Uh, like a cane field just they ice-signed it actually and uh and thought it was a cane toad and, and walked over to it and um yeah just this enormous scrubby just just hanging out um that's certainly insane. one of the biggest that i've i've uh, seen photos of that's for sure wow that's that's crazy yeah i don't think barnecks don't touch anywhere near 18 foot don't get me wrong like, like i said they're very impressive animals and they're big but 18s pushing a little bit. That's like that's like average retake size, you know. No, I guess yep. it, it, it yeah. is Burmy even retakes, man. Your average retake people, you know, want to think, you know, the, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of 20 plus foot animals out They're there, real. But, but the average retake isn't isn't 25 False. foot. <laughs> it's just, but you know, so but yeah, I would I, on in a in a in a fight. Scrub King Horn Eye versus a retake. I take the King Horn Eye all day. Cage fight. King Horn Eye wins. No, I'm just saying, man. Both have long teeth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neither are fun. No, I would. I definitely don't no. want to get bit by either. But you know, what can you do? That's why I don't work with retakes. So. Yeah, it's just that's too much snake for me. Yeah, they're cool. They're, like, every they're, time they're I hold awesome. one, I'm like, man, these are neat. Yeah, I, I mean, would, it I sucks would, they get so big. I would work with super dwarfs. 
I, I would. Yeah. I, I would like to own some super, some super dwarfs one day. Um, but I'd like a Ferrari too at some point. Yeah, That'll probably never happen. Yeah, we all want things, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else you got, man? You got anything? <sighs> I don't think so, man. Because we're at an hour forty. Hour forty. Yeah. Well. I guess it's about it that. Quick. I guess it's it about that time quick. then. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun, you know. It's uh, one of those things. Jake, where can people find you? Um, well, I'm on Instagram, um, just under under Jake Many or lowercase. Um, Facebook as well. Um, I'm on there. If anyone wants to to add me, that's fine. Um, but also uh, Flickr. Um, I don't know if Flickr is really a a big thing in the states. Yeah, you guys a good bit of, yeah, there's a good people people that use it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's like your your staple, mm-hmm. I guess, place where where Australian herpers will will upload photos to, just because it doesn't destroy quality like like the yeah, other ones do. Yeah. So, yeah, I have um I have a Flickr account just under under my name again. But um yeah, aside from that, if you know if anyone is is in the country and and vis- visits the park. Um, you know, I'm here most days, so um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll make sure to um, catch up and and have a chat and and um, yeah, it's um you know it's a a big world out there and there's a lot of us in the in the same boat that share a share a similar passion and I've always been of the opinion that, that you know where you can help out um, you know you should you should do it. Um, we've got some some good young guys coming through the the park now, just 16, 17 years old and. Wow. Um, you know, I remember back when I was their age and some of the stupid shit I used to do. So, <laughs> a couple uh, yeah. of hip young gunslingers. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome yeah. though, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it out there one day, and I'm gonna, yeah, hit you, we'll I'm gonna hit it. you up, and I'm gonna hang out with you for for a couple of weeks. Yeah, come out. And we'll um, we'll go for a go for a herp and and um, yeah, find some find Catch some a cool stuff. Can we fight oh, kangaroos, dude? Is that illegal? Uh, Dude, I saw the dude fight the kangaroo. There's a video of this this dude straight up boxing a kangaroo in the face. I could not believe that thing, man. I feel like that's a common thing, though. There, like that's like a that's just a regular Wednesday afternoon in Australia. Punching a kangaroo. (laughs) This kangaroo has my dog. I gotta go fight it. I gotta go punch it in the face. (laughs) He clocked that thing, dude. Dude, that that thing was huge, man. He looked at me. He's like, yo, he's all puffed up and big. And that guy, that guy's looking out. Wow. <laughs> the kangaroo was like, what the hell? <laughs> that was crazy, uh, man. Do you hear? Yeah, uh, speaking that's one of, of the um of other th- news stories that you might have heard. Did you hear about the dude in Florida a couple weeks ago killed by a cassowary? I did hear that. Yeah, I, and it, how and crazy it surprise is that? Me. Those are, um, I I heard bits and I never heard the story, but I heard mumblings about some dude getting messed up by cassowary. Because I was killed by cassowary. Oh yeah, somebody getting killed by. Because I was actually about to post a. Uh, I took a selfie with a cassowary at the alligator farm, <laughs> and I was about to post it, but I was like, wait, I heard some mumblings about somebody getting messed up by one of these. Maybe now is not a not a good time to to post my my selfie yeah, like every, the like for some reason people think that it was like a pet or something but he worked at like some sort of yeah. facility that had it and was like i don't know if they were breeding them or what dude but, those things are yeah, those, those things, things are, are crazy man i think those my money i i mean i don't have any i don't know anything scientific behind this but i think those are one of the closest things that dinosaurs Definitely. we have in the world yeah we have um we have two here and um, yeah, we sort of uh, sort of work those like you would a a big cat. We're just completely hands off with them, and 
and um, more than aware of, of what they're capable for, of. Um, just a few weeks ago, actually, when it was a bit warmer, I just had a, um, a small, probably three-foot red-bellied black snake, a wild wild snake um, that, were, that was sort of stuck in the, uh, the fence of their exhibit. And mm. I was there, you know, removing the, uh, removing the snake and, you know, this cassowary, this male was just standing over me the entire time, not doing anything. Just, <laughs> still. Just, uh, it's just still there, man. Noise. Like, that's just... The presence <coughs> was, was enough. That's just... Oh, man, those things are... They're like an ostrich on crazy. bath salts. Dude, what? They're, in, they're everything an ostrich wishes it was. Are you kidding me? That's... Oh. I don't know. That's just a crappy way to go. That's, dude, those, those things not... are freaking gnarly. That's cassowary. Something interesting. Just... I figured you would have heard it over there, since it's you know that's such a strange yep. animal here in the states to to get taken out by. Yeah, they're um they're quite common in in collections. Um, most zoos will have will have uh, a cassowary or two. Um, most places uh, are the same as us, but I do know a few places that have um have nice ones that they can go in and and feed fruit and and it's all lovely, but. You, you just need to take one look at those mm. or that middle toe in particular and, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> yeah, you get a bit of an idea as to, to what they could do to you. Um, I was about literally about to say that's some Jurassic Park shit, man. Like that's uh, that, that Velociraptor, yeah. you know, I just, I always, I always just hear the clicking on the, uh, on the hard yeah, floor yeah. from the, from the, the nail. Oh, that's nuts. Man. All right, man. But well, let's, let's wrap this up. Since you're coming um, to the States, yep. I have to give you, four things i wrote down that you need to do when you're in america yep because when in rome do as the romans do so number one on that list is go and spend some time at a walmart (laughs) oh yeah just to see all the strange weird people so many so many people so many characters yeah it's just (laughs) an absolute uh Pajama fest. Experience. No, I don't know what you. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think of what the. If you want to see the many cultures of America, <laughs> your local Walmart is the place to so, go. So, so you know what like a koala and a sloth look like. That's most Walmarts. Like the people there. Yeah. Just, um. Just my number house. two is go to an Outback Steakhouse. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, because I we hear have those, we have those here, but I don't think they're as I don't think they're that good. Really? Um, yeah, we have Outback Steakhouse, but I think they're um well, you a have cheap to... rip off of of yours. You have to try the American ones and see if they compare, because I'm sure they probably don't. Yeah, well, I, I would think the Australian Outback like Steakhouse would, right. would be so much better. <laughs> Just. <laughs> <laughs> Because I feel like Australians come to America and they go into an Outback Steakhouse and they're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I have no idea. Um, Number three is drink a Four Loco. Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't drink a Four Loco. Oh, my gosh. You will I don't even know what that is, but I'll um, I'll investigate. Yeah, if you want to have a Red Bull with alcohol. Yeah, it's basically a Red Bull. you're drunk, but you can't sleep. Those are what you drink. Yeah. <laughs> and they and they're and they will mess you up. Dude. They're, they're, oh, they, oh. they're like what nine percent alcohol? 
Dude, they're like 13% alcohol. Oh, they are. Yeah. They're... Those things are rough. Yeah, man. They're, you drink one and a half of them things, you'll be feeling it. You drink two and or I three. I don't know if you guys are big on, on dipping there, but I buy a can of Skull as my number four. Buy a can of Skull? Know, what's more American than Skull, dude? Grizzly. <laughs> Maybe that. I don't know. <laughs> I guess number five we can have a red man chew. Red man chew would be the most yeah. American thing. Yeah, not dip. Red man chew. Or buy a pack of Pall Malls. <laughs> no, dude, Marlboro, Marlboro all the way. <clears throat> Anyways, to, I, don't, I didn't have a number five. You'd have a number five. Do you five? have a number five? I have a number five. Watch Joe uh, Dirt. Okay, no, yeah, no. Number five, come to South Carolina so we can hang out. No. Yeah, that's go. not a most that's, importantly <laughs> most important that should not be number an american one. experience See? go to a golden corral oh my that's God. number five right there go to a golden go corral. to a golden corral so you can experience i'm gonna what, have to um you can experience food poisoning in america <laughs> You can do it right. <laughs> I'm gonna send you like a uh, like a photo collage of um of me at doing every single things. one of these. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be amazing. Then later on, you're gonna be like, "Have you ever sat on the toilet for 20 minutes before?" <laughs> I just had Golden Corral. <laughs> oh, I'm man. I'm sure our obesity epidemic in this country will absolutely boggle your mind. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, as long as um. As long as no one sits on any rattlesnakes I'm trying to look for, I'll. Uh, I don't think I you're gonna have to worry much. about that because that requires people to be outdoors. Yeah, no, mm. no. Yeah. Especially summertime Off in the Arizona. Lounge. Nope. But all right, all right man. let's wrap this up, man. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for being our first international guest. Yeah, man. We appreciate uh, this the was... support. We appreciate you hitting us up. Yeah, man. I got it was so cool. I love when I get messages from people. When you messaged me a, a few days ago saying you're a fan of the podcast and whatnot, and I oh man, I was geeking out. I thought it was great. Um, so thanks a Sorry, ton. Sorry, said it again. I said I said I was geeking out when you messaged me the <laughs> other week saying you're a fan of the podcast. Um, I thought that was really cool. I love when we get uh out of out of out of uh, out of country listeners. And we have so, a good bit of them. Yeah, which actually, is very cool. Yeah, for sure. But all right, man, we'll let you get back to work. Stay safe. Thank you, mate. Thanks for um, thanks for having us on. It was was good to um, good to talk talk snakes. And um, yeah, I'll be sure to um, to yeah, get in contact if I'm uh, if I'm anywhere close. Cool. Oh yeah, man. Sounds good. We'll get you on again sometime, man. Definitely. Thank you guys. Catch right, later. Take it Take easy. Take it easy. You too, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thirty-eight, thirty-eight. That was fun. Cool guy. That was a good one. Fun episode. Our first and in, first international. We worldwide. We going viral. Prestige Worldwide. <laughs> but as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Herpeticulture Podcast. As always, you got Jake with JLB Morelia. You got Smitty. Subscribe. Subscribe. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, all that good stuff. Follow know. us on. Ooh, find us. You can actually. We got a comment on Podbean. Which is like a Pod podcast Bean. directory. We're on that. I don't remember putting us on that, but we're on it. Hmm. So, Podbean, if you use Podbean, look us up on there. 
Yeah. Another outlet. Didn't even know we were on there, but we are. Yeah. Got a comment in my email the other day. I was like, I don't remember signing this up for this like at yeah. all. There's one somebody else told me about that we're on that they listened to. I think it was somebody in Canada told me. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't whatever know. works for me. But whatever, yeah. Whatever. We could have a whole other listener base that we don't even know about. Yeah. So. We appreciate but it. But thank if, you uh, guys all so much for the support. We love every comment, message, if all that like stuff we get. To support the sh- sh- mm-hmm. <laughs> if you'd like to support the show, we have merch available. Yeah, Shirts. Go buy a shirt. Nobody feel pretty cool. obligated to buy one. Yeah, you I don't, don't like pushing them. to buy one. If it's you would like, like to that. buy one, we appreciate it. Yeah. If you don't. If you, you listening is all that matters. If you buy one though and you send us a picture wearing it, we will post it. Yeah. So if that's not reason enough to go get yourself a shirt, I don't know what is. You can get but on our wait. Facebook page. But wait, there's more. Hold on a second. Holding on. Let me see. Oh dude. I'm so tired right now. I know, I know, buddy. I'm dying. Our buddy Ryan Duran, I don't. Did he send you this? He mm. was at. He went to the Venom. Ven- <laughs> yeah, and he was a Venom sport in the shirt. Houston, and he was wearing a t-shirt, yeah. which I thought was awesome. Yeah, um, that was awesome. Big shout out to Ryan Duran for that. Yeah. You the you the man, Ryan. All kinds of. We love seeing that. He said stuff he said he got sure. a. He had several people ask him about the shirt. And, did he really? Uh, yeah, he had people ask him about it, no and uh, then he he even went to uh, the Houston Zoo, and he was wearing it there and stuff. So Man, he didn't tell me that. Yeah, he told. I, I asked him. He told me he was wearing it. I asked if he had it, anybody ask about it. So and he said, yeah. So awesome, awesome exposure. We love it. Justin uh, Smith, Palmetto Coast Exotics. Jake, JLB Morelia. Subscribe. We love you. Yeah, we love you guys. Thanks, Jake, for coming on. Not you. You're Not here me. every week. I'm the other. Whatever. Jake. The cooler version the, of me. Yeah. The more exotic. The, the version of me I wish I was. Yeah. And with the version of you I wish you were. Good night. That was just me. <laughs> well, that's over handling. buddy. You know what? I'm not dude? replacing you with anybody. Nice Morelia house shirt too, buddy. Yep, shout out Brandon Wheeler, Morelia House. Oh, Wheeler. This is probably honestly my favorite. My you favorite wear it t-shirt. a lot. Brandon, I, I you really wear this do. shirt a lot. I do really, really like this t-shirt. So It's so soft. It's very, very soft. I like the material. Please don't touch yourself like that. I didn't touch myself you like anything. You were like rubbing them all over yourself. My shoulder, I touched my shoulder because the it's shirt is soft. Slightly lower than that. See you later. Tonight.